Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in, everybody, to Believe in Commanders. Great to be with you again. I am Brian Murphy, as always, joined by former Washington receiver Anthony Armstrong. Anthony, happy belated Father's Day. How was Father's Day weekend? How are you doing, my friend? Man, I'm good. Happy belated Father's Day to you as well. Um, we were out of town visiting some friends, so it was good to see some uh, familiar faces in um, in Lubbock, Texas. So shout out to shout out to the Hub City up there. Very nice. I, I hit the lake, so really enjoyed the weekend. It was nice to to get away. Um, so yeah, happy Father's Day to all of our Commander dads out there. I uh, hope you guys had a great weekend. And you know, we're in the middle of summer. It is getting hot. We just wrapped up mini camp for the Commanders last week. Uh, let's dive into that, Anthony. What were some of your initial thoughts on uh, minicamp from what you heard, saw over that three-day period? Um, what, what are your thoughts, the overall arching theme maybe that you heard or saw from the commanders and what they did during that brief uh, stint? Had myself on mute. Like, this isn't the like, – this is my first time. <laughs> what um, a rookie move. <laughs> seriously, I got I to gotta step it up. Um, obviously, one of the big names you heard about was Jahan Dotson. You know, just obviously getting a lot of activity. I mean, and that's what you would expect, right? You got to see what you have and, and um, the, the find the quickest way to get him acclimated. You know, get him acclimated, get the ball in his hands and let him go out there and do what he does naturally. So um, it's good to see his name. You know, you expect it, obviously. Um, but, you know, it's good to see him coming out and actually making an impact right away. Well, what about you? Yeah, I mean, we've hammered home how important it is for Dotson to get reps with Carson Wentz, especially as a first-round pick, especially with a a guy missing who we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, One thing that I thought was interesting, sticking with the wide receivers, was that Curtis Samuel seemed to be in and out of things off to the side. I know we know about last season that he was really not uh, involved, had to deal with the groin issue all season long. So that made me a little bit worried to hear that he wasn't out there. Again, I say all of this, I have to preface that it's only June, but with all the times we heard last year that Curtis Samuel was off to the side, was on the practice field, was not with the team, that made me a little bit nervous. Now, I I think that he's in a good spot, and it seems like he's kind of ramping up to get ready for training camp. But it was a little nerve-wracking to hear that, especially with, as I mentioned, we'll talk about Terry in a second. Terry's not out there. Uh, You know, Curtis Samuel's not out there. It's great for Jahan Dotson to get these reps, but I'm wondering where all the veterans are with the wide receiver crew. And and we know how important playmakers are going to be for Carson Wentz. So, uh, again, it's only June, but I was a little bit nervous to hear that number 10 wasn't out there full go. Yeah. When when you're looking at, like, soft tissue injuries, muscle pulls, things like that, um, like you got to think about when they got to get the reps to get the muscles conditioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you also have to look into, are you getting too many reps, right? Are you, are you getting, putting too many miles uh, on, on those tires essentially? And I know personally for me, um, I, I had this, I had, I pulled a hamstring. It literally, this, I think it was like week four of the season and mm-hmm. two years in a row. And then I just, you look back and I'm like, Oh man, I wonder what, what I could have done differently. Um, and then you hopeful, hopeful that, you know, soft tissue injuries isn't, aren't something that's going to follow Curtis around. Uh, definitely would love to see him get on the field and start to get into football shape more. Uh, but I'm sure he'll be ready for training camp. Hopefully he is. Um, excited to see him on the field, though, for real. 
Yeah, look, I, my panic meter is not real high right now. Like I said, it's only June. But if we're getting into late July, into August, and he's still hit or miss on practices, then I'm going to start to worry again. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, I think all I heard were some of the young defensive backs were making plays. I heard Jeremy Reeves' name a lot. I heard, um, you know, I heard Cam Curl's name a whole lot. Derek Forrest name a whole lot, which may be excited in his second year coming up. So it sounds like there, there are some guys out there in the secondary that are just seem hungry to make some plays. And I'm excited to see what they can do. I think they're super important, that secondary, especially the safeties. The one thing, the one thing um, about when you look at the reports, just when, depending on the time of year, defense is usually ahead, you know, ahead of offenses. I, you know, just to just to make sure we temper everything. I'm, and it's, it's good that the defense is making plays, but you got to think the defense is usually ahead. Um, uh, you know, offenses are trying to get timing down, things like that. So plays are going to be made, but it's good that the defense is making plays. I would expect that once the pads get on, the offense has been working together for a while, things will start to level out a bit. But it's good to see plays being made, getting your hands on the football. It's always a positive thing to have for your defense. Yeah, I think I saw somewhere that uh, Jeremy Reeves was being called Mr. Uh, uh, PBU. So I thought that was good that he was breaking – or I'm sorry, PBU King is what I saw. So yeah. uh, th that's great to hear. I, I agree with you. And especially with all of the new pieces on the offensive side. I mean, you got a new quarterback. You, you probably got one or two new uh, running backs. You got two new offensive linemen, a bunch of, of, of receivers that are that are interchangeable and new coming in there. So you're right. There's probably going to take some time for these guys to gel. So it'll be interesting to see come July what those guys look like and where they're at um, when we get to that point. So we've kind of hinted at it. We've kind of mentioned it. It's kind of the, the elephant in the room. Terry McLaurin, not at minicamp. I don't think either of us really expected him to be there without a new deal. Uh, I think we heard during the week that the commanders were trying to get something done to potentially have him there maybe for the last day. All that said, obviously nothing happened. Where are you at panic-wise? Are, are you stressed? Are you worried? Are you, are you neither of those things? Where are you as we sit here on uh, June 21st recording this? Right now I'm – I'm still I'm still calm. I don't think there's anything to really make you worry. The, I did I will say that, that I think it was like last week or early on there was some uh, I saw a post that was saying that there were thoughts that Washington didn't want to pay Terry that that money, you know. Mm -hmm. That re that really hurt my feelings. I was like, <laughs> "Come on, man." Like I'm like, just don't, don't let that be true. Like, you don't want that to be what people think about it. Like, I had, to, I, I had to go back and I did, some, I did some research. I did some looking real quick on, on, on the internet. And I was like, this is one of the few times that Washington has had a very talented player, a superstar in my eyes, that you've actually been able to bring in through the draft and you have a chance to keep on your roster for a long period of time. Uh, when you go back and you look in the past drafts, we haven't had that in a while. We, you get you get a guy that's that's they they play really well, and then they go off to another team, right? They play really well. I mean, you look at Kirk Cousins, um, franchise twice, then goes off and leaves. I mean, Brandon Sheriff plays at a high level, goes off and leaves. You got to find a way to keep guys in the building. 
I agree with you. And I know that we texted about that over the last couple of weeks. There's something to be said about not spending too much money. I get that. You don't want to overpay a guy. But for a guy like Terry McLaurin, who has done everything right, who was a third-round pick uh, that you thought was just going to be a special teams guy, to come in and make the impact that he did his rookie year that he's continued to make, he's continued to get better, how can you not pay the guy? So I, I would, I'm with you there. I would be so frustrated – if this is them pinching pennies thinking that they can just replace him with Jahan Dotson. Now, listen, I hope Jahan Dotson is a stud. I hope that Curtis Samuel comes back and, and has a great year that is not injury plagued. but I still don't think either of those guys are number 17. What he brings out there as a captain, as a leader, he does everything right. And, and, and you need to reward that. I'm totally with you. We've seen too many times Guys cut their teeth in Washington and then go off and do big things at other places. And and it, it's so frustrating as a fan because you look it up, you're like, is that the same guy that I remember in Washington that, you know, uh, that was kind of a role player, kind of was young and then disappeared? And it, it always is that way. And I, I would be sick to my stomach to see that happen with Terry McLaurin. So I'm not saying you overpay. I'm not saying that you put the franchise in a bad spot. But you move some pennies around, you move some dollars around, you make sure that Terry McLaurin I'm bang, I'm literally banging the table right now. You make sure that Terry McLaurin is a part of this team for the foreseeable future. It's just a no-brainer to me. I love it. I love the energy and the passion. Because, <laughs> like, when I saw that thing that Washington doesn't want to pay, and I was just like, I felt, I had, like, sour stomach. Like, I needed an antacid. It was very frustrating. Like, you can't, I'm like, there's no way that you're going to just let this guy leave. Right. You can't do it. And you, it, there's going to be a lot of very, very upset people if that were to happen. And it just doesn't seem, doesn't seem smart at all uh, to, not, to not pay the guy, you know? Especially, try to at least have a, a solid piece. Um, if, you're, if, you're, if this is a two-year experiment at quarterback, we at least need to have somebody he can throw the ball to. You know, um, but yeah, I don't even want to try to go down that other road. Get get him paid. Just make sure he gets paid. Yeah, I'm, I'm fired up now. Again, it's only June. Talk to me in a month if, if something, God forbid, has still not happened. But it just seems like a no-brainer to get this guy in here. He should be the face of the commanders. I mean, this is the next chapter of this team, and he really should be uh, the guy that is out there that is, uh, you know, on the front of everything, Commanders, and, and hopefully, you know, in the next few weeks we're doing a podcast talking about uh, Terry McLaurin being a commander for the foreseeable future. So, uh, you know, I had to, we both had to get that out. I'm glad you, you, you brought that up. You know, these rumors out there, there's no way that this team can mess this up. Um, but uh, don't, don't prove me wrong. You know, don't, don't uh, mess this one up and get it done. So, Terry McLaurin, hopefully we're doing a podcast, like I said, where he is a commander for, for a while, and we got number 17 back in the building and ready to go for training camp and the foreseeable future. Yes, indeed. All right, so taking Terry McLaurin out of the picture, we were talking about this. Who is an offensive player who needs to show up this season? We're a month away from training camp, uh, and then we're, we're quickly getting into the preseason and the regular season, we're checking boxes. We're, we're, we're motoring through this offseason here. Who is an offensive player that you expect to show up and that you want to see show up uh, come season time? Antonio Gibson. Okay. I'm going Antonio Gibson. Um, he's coming off of his sophomore year. 
and the the ball security became an an issue. Uh, it's something that that people are going to try to put tack onto him as a little bit of a label, and um, we want to see how he responds. You know, they draft a person at your position. I don't think that I don't think that uh, you know Robinson is going to come in and, and take the job uh, from from uh, from Gibson, but. He, they're, they're sending a little bit of a message saying, hey, this guy has never fumbled at all. You fumbled a few times. You know, we want to we want to address this position. But I expect him to come out and and really be the, the playmaker that we were used to, um, that we've been used to seeing, being able to see him be electric out of the backfield, catching passes, getting mismatches. Um, he runs the ball really well, gets downhill really well. Um, so he's a good player. And being able to have, let's say, a full, you know, stable on offense, he should be able to shine, you know. Three-star players out there out on the edge and got a quarterback that can throw it a, throw it a country mile. Could be a good season for, for Antonio. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that uh, – I think Robinson will motivate him. And so I think that – I don't know that he's going to take away a whole lot of snaps, but hopefully it motivates him – and, you know, the breather that he does get just gets him that much more ready to go out there and make plays. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what uh, 24 does out there. Uh, for me, I'm going back to a guy that I've already just kind of talked about, and that's Curtis Samuel. I, I, I really – I need to see him out there. I think that Terry needs a guy that, that, that compliments him, and I think that that was the point of bringing in Curtis Samuel last year. He, he knows the offense. He knows Scott Turner's offense from Carolina. And I expect him to make some plays. We saw him during his time with the Panthers all over the field. And I think that, that this commander's offense, after two years now, is really at a point where they can, as you mentioned, they have a full stable. They, they should be able to run everything that all of these other teams are, are able to do. Now, can they run it as efficiently? We'll see. But they should have all the pieces. And I think that Curtis Samuel should and hopefully will play a big part in that. So I'm expecting, uh, you know, 10 to stay healthy um, and, and get out there and, and make some plays and, and take some eyes off of the, of Terry McLaurin, take some eyes off of Antonio Gibson and make everybody better um, and get the ball in some creative ways. So um, looking forward to Curtis Samuel being out there. If I have, if I, I can, if I can add a, a, a not so sexy name, and I would, you know, say along the old line, you know, Andrew uh, Norwell, Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's coming in. I, I thought it was more of a swap um, share for Norway. You still get a really talented lineman to come in um, a little bit older. But, you know, that means he just has a couple more years, a little more knowledge. He's gonna, he, he should be able to help that line gel. And and with his you know, being able to communicate to the Carson and if that unit gets gets to moving together, that's going to really, really help the trajectory of this team. Um, so that could be a, that could be another person to look to. Well, that's a great point because you look at it, and we already talked about Sheriff gone signing the big deal in Jacksonville. They released um, Eric Flowers, um, so they're bringing in two new guards. So obviously, the eyes are going to be on both Norwell and Trey Turner. So those guys. Uh, you know, kind of have to produce. You kind of were swapped out. You were expected to come in and, and kind of do as good a job as those other two guys. It's a great point looking at those uh, big hogs up front. So moving over to the defensive side of the ball, who is a guy that you need, expect, want uh, to show up when it comes game time in September? I'm, I'm jumping to the secondary. I need 
I need William Jackson. Okay. William Jackson the third. I need I need you to show up for me. Um, you know, Kendall Fuller's been a, a really solid player for us. Um so I, I expect him to continue to play. William Jackson's a name that comes up. I want to see him, you know, play up to the contract that he was given. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're expected to be able to go over there and, and and match up with the team's top receiver, or you know, at least you know, be able to give him give him some trouble. So I want to see how he how he shows up. And if I throw another name in there, I want to see how Jamin Davis does mm-hmm. uh, bouncing off uh, coming out after his uh, rookie year. So. Um, Hopefully, I didn't take your one of your people, but I threw two of them out there. Those are two names that really jump out to me. Yeah, my first initial thought was Jamin Davis. He's got to make that sophomore jump. I mean, I think we 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 need to see it. We saw brief little glimpses of it, but uh, you know, he kind of talked about how he feels like last year was him kind of learning, and now he's kind of uh, reading the field a little bit better, and hopefully, can play faster. That's got to translate. He can't let a guy like David Mayo overtake him. Um, you know, it seems like Cole Holcomb is the go-to linebacker. You know, if they're only going to have one linebacker out there, it seems like it's going to be Cole Holcomb. But as a first-round pick, whether or not it's your second season or not, uh, I need to see a little bit more from Jamin Davis. And I think that, you know, he's got some skills and he's got some speed, and hopefully he does feel a little more settled into the defense. But yeah, you, you got to see a little bit more out of uh, number 52. And then I think before we, we got on here, you, you mentioned another guy in, in Chase Young. Where's he going to be at? Is he going to start the, the year on IR? Um, he seems to be rehabbing well, but, you know, what are we expecting from number 99 when, when this, this calendar turns to September and these games start to matter? For me, I'm, I, I'm generally going to lean to a more conservative approach, just in the fact that, if this is more the bases, it could be anything better than this. Okay, so if 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 the season is going pretty well, I don't, I don't want to have to rush him out there. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I know we've mentioned on previous episodes how Washington has a very late bye week. I think it's like week fourteen or something like that. So that's a lot of football. But then there's still some key games at that back half of the year where it would be a wonderful thing to welcome a Chase Young back. You know, it's fresh and he has all all the energy going up against teams that are battered. You never know. There may be a second string, third string free agent, um, you know, right tackle that we're going up against and it's late in the season and you need these games to get into the playoffs. So, if he if, if Chase is able to get in there and, you know, be ready to play play ball and, and make a major impact, I'm looking for him to do that. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't press him to be trying to be there week one. You know, just let him work his way in. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm with you. I mean, I he seems like the kind of guy that doesn't want to miss any time and, and is going to want to be out there as bad as as anybody. Um, but you absolutely don't want to risk it uh, down the road just to 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 make an impact in week one or week two in a 17 game season. I mean, we, we've seen the the schedule lengthen out, as you mentioned, the bye week is later. Uh, so the teams now with this extra game are having to kind of think that way, you know, can, can we afford, you know, to rest a couple of guys here at the beginning of the season when we know the playoff push comes later, I, I'm totally with you. So make sure he's 100% healthy. I hope to see him, you know, doing mental reps, whatever it takes, being out there with the team and meetings, all of that. 
But when it actually comes time to it, I want him to be 100% ready to go, ready to wreak some havoc and, you know, play at that, uh, you know, rookie uh, level that we saw him do a couple of years ago. Because I think that he could be a game wrecker like some of these guys we see out there. And um, I, I, I'm totally with you. you got to make sure that he is okay. You don't want to risk him just to get him out there for the first week just to have a setback or something like that. You want him out there for those games that matter against the Eagles and the Cowboys and the Giants when you need him wrecking havoc and, and making plays out there. So Chase Young is absolutely a guy that eventually we expect to show up. 100%. Um, and that actually makes me think about there was a George Kittle uh comment or quote he had said that that the NFL should consider adding a second bye week do you know just do the length of the season and just the toll on the body um what did you see that did you see that in the back in the past I've I've heard that a couple of different times I thought that that was kind of the way that they might go you know before they uh lengthen the season out so I wonder if eventually if the season is you know moved out to an 18 games or or something like that if they definitely I feel like they would have to add a bye week right you're 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 adding so much more time and so much you know I'm I'm preaching to the choir you've been hit uh before you know what like that's like more than I do but these these guys definitely need that otherwise you're going to see stars missing from some of the bigger games and and you would hate to see that um I think it makes sense to go towards that college model where they do have two bye weeks I think it makes a whole lot of sense to have you know a, a chunk of games get some rest in play a good stretch and then have a late bye week to get ready hopefully for the postseason so are, is that what you're kind of thinking or what are your thoughts on a second bye week and what that would look like I could get behind it um, I would I would even consider it you don't necessarily have to add a game yeah, I wouldn't – don't even look at it as a trade-off of, like, well, you know, the game. Like, just just add another bye week in there. You know, like, I, I mean, I haven't been – I think Amazon's taking them now, but some of those Thursday night games, I really haven't been a huge fan of them um, just because you – if you're playing fantasy football, you forget, and then you're like, oh, crap, I got exactly. a guy. Exactly. You know, and he's sitting right there, and I forgot to take him out. And, you know, but – that happens. Um, but if you just added another bye week in there, I, I even though you, I guess you almost get one with that Thursday game, but it's with that, but it comes with that short week. Right. And that's almost, that's really not enough. I think you could add another bye week in there. I mean, you know, push some, push, just push a week out. You could start a little bit earlier. They probably take away from training camp or something like that. Um, but it's something that you really should look to. Just, to, just for player health, player safety, and it's not going to hurt the product at all. Yeah, I'm totally with you. So um, I think we'll see that sooner rather than later, um, especially, like I said, if stars are not out there. I mean, that's what sells this game, and, um, you know, they got to make sure those guys are ready to go. So kind of in a lull here until tr uh, training camp starts. Uh, July 27th goes till August 18th, and – the first preseason game is August 13th. So, uh, you know, uh, kind of some downtime. What do players do in this time between mini camp and, and before training camp? I'm just curious. Do you Is that when you take your vacation? Are you running, staying in shape? Are you meeting up with the guys? What does that look like in that time, in this kind of lull, kind of dead period? Um, it's kind of all of the above of what okay. you just said. I mean, you, you do understand that 
this is my last little bit of vacation. Same thing for coaches, you know, and a lot of front office people. This is their last chance to get a, get a family vacation um, until if they want to do something on the bye week and then two after the season. So um, vacations are definitely happening. Um, now your, your training is getting, instead of it being more of a longer distance, it's, it, things are getting shorter. You're working shorter distance. Uh, try to get your body in peak shape. A lot of times you're getting ready for conditioning tests too. So um, it's, it's, really, it's really about making sure you can show up to training camp at the best, at the best possible, you know, condition, but you're not really, you're not, you're not working to get in shape. So you should be, especially with minicamp and stuff like that, you should be in decent enough shape to show up to training camp, but you kind of have to make sure you build up to get to there. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like it's kind of like a ramp up, you know, uh, get to training camp and then start uh, really you know, gearing up from that point into the regular season, if I'm kind of reading what you're saying. Yeah, because, I mean, like right now, you know, there are going to be some some guys that do get together, they throw throw the ball, you know, run some routes, things like that. That's always going to happen. Um, but it's like it's, you're not in the mindset of, like, I need to get in shape for the season. You're already pretty much in shape. Now you're just kind of like, let me – make sure all of my injuries are gone. What was bothering me is gone. I can work this out. I can, and then whenever the training is smaller, like you can, the smaller like distances, you can focus on the starts and the, and the drill work and the, you know, the skills that you're going to use in the game rather than just like, I'm going to run 20 sprints or 20 hills. Like that stuff is gone now. Right. Right. Okay. Now you're really starting to, you know, really work on football stuff, more routes, more releases, more pass rush, uh, type you know moves and just that that's where your focus goes uh, so whenever you show up and, and training camp is going on you got got the pads on you're ready to rock you know it's not it's not a ooh let me you don't use training camp to get in shape for the season nowadays nowadays you show up in shape to go you know what I mean gotcha uh, so the team also announced that they will be holding most of their training camp in Ashburn not really not going out to Richmond like they've done for so many years in the past. What are the pros and cons of having it in your kind of team headquarters and, and potentially having it at a, at an away site like Richmond, how does that help players with travel with, with, with family life? Like what kind of difference does that make having it at your kind of home base? That's a good question too. Um, So I spent time with Dallas, you know, they had training camp out in California, in Oxnard. And then all my time with Washington, we all had training camp in Ashburn. So both sides of the, of the coin here. Um, whenever we were in Ashburn, it was great because everything was familiar. You knew where you were going, you know, you knew how to get there. Um, the downside was, everything was familiar. You, like you had your normal distractions that were around, right? Like family, kids, um, you know, girlfriend, wife, whatever you got going on, that's still there. Um, and, you know, people can still be pros and, you know, they, they got to go to work and, and they can handle it, but that stuff is still there. Um, on the flip side, whenever you go, uh, you go out to went out to Oxnard. You knew that the only thing that was going on there was football, right? Like there's there weren't any distractions. Sure, you could have people come in and visit you, but 
you didn't have to deal with the day-to-day. Like you go home and somebody's like, hey, the garbage disposal doesn't work. And you're like, I'm trying to, you know, learn my 300-page <laughs> playbook right now. That's not the biggest issue for me. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I think they both t- – I think there are pros and cons. Uh, you know, um, I mean, I didn't have any problem, you know, staying in Ashburn that whole time. And going out to Oxnard was cool because you got to – it was just a different experience. Um, and, and I think we, we, we even did some inner, inner, uh, some scrimmages between a couple of different teams too. So that's a whole other animal that, ugh, I did not, I did not like that part. I didn't like, I didn't like some of that stuff. I, I feel like it probably gets really hot and you're, you're, you're kind of getting ready for, for the season. And then one guy hits you wrong and it, it probably, makes you a little more mad than it probably would have had you not been soaked in sweat. Well, that well, see that happens like that's going to happen like two weeks, two and a half weeks in. Okay? okay. So you get there, everybody's excited, you know, we go back and forth, but once you get past those initial seven days, seven to 10 days, you get into this, this area called groundhog day. Nobody knows what day it is. And everybody just shows up and we're just showing up, going to work and we're just beating each other up. And then eventually, you know, <laughs> offense has installed everything they can. Defense has installed everything they can. I've been going against you for 10, 12, 14 straight days. We're sick and tired of each other. And that's when fights will ensue. There's going to be some chippy days. And that's probably when Ron's going to say, okay, guys, you get the next day off. But that point shows up, and it's usually two weeks in, and you're just like, I'm tired. I'm tired of playing you. I want to play against somebody else. And and that's when you really start looking forward to this, the real football showing up. Yeah, I mean, it's around the corner. Like I said, uh, training camp starts July 27th, goes to August 18th. Uh, in there, they're having a uh, an event at FedEx Field, so it sounds like fans can go out there and kind of see like a live practice and all that. Um, is that is that a distraction for a player? Is that fun to kind of feel like you're getting into a game atmosphere, or is it just kind of another practice at that point? Um, it is. It is. It's another practice, um, but, but everybody's right there watching. It's it's very weird. It's like it's almost more nerve wracking to do that than go out when there's like eighty thousand people in there for whatever reason. Just that those days because it's like you're the only one there and there's like 27 people and if they cheer yell like you're gonna hear all of it like oh catch the ball and you're like you're like shut up (laughs) (laughs) you know but um, it's it's fun because you do get to get out in front of the fans and you kind of get to put on a show a little bit right people get excited and hyped up for that and usually have a little bit of a scrimmage in there um, where it's unscripted and you just you know let the guys go out and play um you won't see yeah, – I promise you, you're not going to see a whole lot of the big-name guys. They'll get, like, one series. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to see them go out there, they'll throw the ball around, and they're out. It's going to be a lot about Sam Howell. It's going to be a lot of those, you know, second-string, third-string guys who are finally this – is, this is what it's going to be. Whenever the coaches go unscripted and then they start to put in these unproven guys, that's those guys' opportunities to really shine. Like if you're going to watch anything and you want to find out when to see a guy, is, if he's making an impact, find out when they're running unscripted stuff. Because, okay. because that's, fo- that's just football, right? If you're, if, it's, if you're watching practice and it's the normal 10 
play inside zone period, the offense says we're running this play, and defense generally says, okay, well, we're going to run something. like you know, They kind of can compare notes and put their defense in specific positions, either make it harder or easier just based on what they're trying to do. Right. Now, whenever they don't know what they're going to call, now you're getting to play football a little bit. And it's good. That's whenever it gets real. That's whenever you start to see, man, that, that you know, I saw Cole Turner's name pop up as, as somebody who was making turn some head. That's when you're like, man, this Cole Turner kid, he can play. And then you'll start to see him get worked more into the scripted side of the game. Like, well, let's, let's put him over here. Let's see what he can do. So that's the part that gets excited. You go to those things, wait for the unscripted period, and you see who's, who's getting a lot of reps and who's taking advantage of opportunities. Good deal. So all that stuff to look forward to in training camp. Uh, it starts next month, like I said. You know, we're, we're getting into the, the real deal. We're checking boxes of the offseason. It's moving pretty quick. So uh, we have that to look forward to in July. Then August is preseason. September is the real deal. It's going to be here before we know it. Um, what I want to be here before we know it is a Terry McLaurin deal. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we're talking about a Terry McLaurin deal. That's like my one wish list for the, the, the rest of June and the beginning of July is get Terry McLaurin signed. So, uh, Anthony, any closing thoughts as, you know, we finish out mini camp as we are in the hot days of summer and we get ready for training camp? What are you looking forward to uh, with the commanders, obviously, other than Terry McLaurin and, and uh, what are your closing thoughts here as we wrap up mini camp and head into July? Man, ultimately, obviously, yeah, take care of Terry. You know, that's number one. Um, but just get excited. Get excited. There's, there's, there's football is here. It's, it's right around the corner. It'll be here before we know it. So get excited. Get get hyped up. Help plan out what you're going to wear for the uh, the event for each week. So you know what you're wearing for the whiteout game and just get your outfits together because it's going to be a good season. I got a good feeling about it. So just be ready. Yeah, we're a little over 80 days from the, the regular season opening up against the Jaguars at FedEx Field. We'll be with you every step of the way. Hopefully the next time we're talking to you, Terry McLaurin is signed and we're just thinking about training camp, none of the off the field stuff. So uh, looking forward to it. Thank you for listening to Believe in Commanders. Once again, I'm Brian Murphy, as always, joined by my guy, Anthony Armstrong. Anthony, be good. Thank you, sir. Yes, indeed. I have a good one. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.